It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Hadit.com radio show. This is Jay Bassard. Mr. Cook's in here somewhere, and I think he got detained for a minute. And, yeah, uh, I'm here. He got a shoulder nine. Uh, this is James. We're unavailable to take your James. call right now. If you'll leave your name and number, we'll be glad to give you a call back at our earliest convenience. Hello? Hey, hey James, you're here, girl. Yeah. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> what a deal. Go ahead, girl. I just introduced Go ahead. I just oh. introduced everybody. Yeah, both. We're here today with, uh, oh, welcome to the Had It podcast. We're here today on this uh, 27th day of November. October, no, October. October, October 2016. <laughs> I don't even know what day it is, let alone month. Uh, um uh, we're here with our co-host, Jay Basser, and today our guest speaker, James Cripps. And uh, whoever else wants to tune in here, uh, let me give you our call-in number. It's 347-237-4819. Now, this call-in number, once again... Is three four seven two three seven four eight one nine. Now today we was going to discuss uh, where uh, out in California, uh, all these uh, veterans uh, they got out of service and been in the Middle East and had gotten a bonus to sign up. Uh, uh, the BA was trying to make them pay those bonuses back, but however, I understand that's not going to be the case now. Anyway, that's what they put out on the news, and let's hope that that uh, turns out to be true, because uh, we, you know, doggone it. Uh, I don't know if you can set a dollar amount on having to go over, and some of them did multiple tours, uh, and some of them didn't even come back. And uh, for the government to pull a crazy stunt like that or something, uh, I understand some recruiters was involved in that, uh, but I don't believe you're running... You know, your regular veterans, they, uh, they, they didn't know. So, uh, and one one person did go to jail, uh, that Lois, uh, whatever her name is. Uh, but uh, uh, anyway, uh, I'm glad to hear that, that they're not going to make them all pay it back, so. Uh, we'll we'll find something else to gripe about. <laughs> the only remaining issue on that drill I see is that uh, a lot of vets have already paid it back. Now, do they get their money back or what? Uh, I understood they would. Now, uh, I believe they will, and, and some of them may even charge interest. Heaven forbid. Yeah. Well, why do they do Poor veteran, just because they can whoop him around, they do it. And, uh, uh, you know, this this come out of the, well, that one gal worked under uh, Hickey, that Hickey, uh, Allison Hickey, wasn't that her name? She, Mm -hmm. She was directly under her. So Allison Hickey had to be involved somehow. Probably the reason why she resigned. I don't know. Allison Hickey uh, was a tremendous helper. You know that? Allison Hickey was a benefit to veterans. She helped. She helped 
I mean, I know several cases where she personally got involved in helping veterans get the claims for Well, yeah, she helped several she, 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 she was a victim of the veteran service organizations who went after her, which I thought was a problem. I think she was a tremendous help to veterans uh, right on the end of, of, of her uh, tenure. I don't think she, she did a lot for veterans until she saw uh, that she might be held accountable or that the VA might begin uh, having to show accountability. I think you're well, right, James. That's the feeling I've was, had uh, was, yeah, all along. She had her hands tied by a guy above her because he got fired. And after he got fired, it opened her up and let her do her job. That's what happened. She was blocked by that dude, and he got fired. And finally she opened up and started doing her job, and it was too late. I think they already had the writing on the wall. Yeah. Uh, whatever, the buck stopped with her. Uh, no matter what her, her superior did, she should have been held accountable for her own actions, and in the end she was. Uh, yeah. I, I really, uh, I'm really glad that, that that they, not that that she lost her job, but I am really glad that somebody uh, was finally held accountable, uh, and, and maybe that'll trickle down. You know, maybe maybe her resigning uh, will show other VBA. People, you know, they're they're not untouchable. Uh, I think actually, maybe they made an example of her. Well, let's let's hope they they come to an understanding that you know they are employees, and uh, uh, they're employees of the the VA, and the VA is actually employees. The whole VA is employees of the the American people, the taxpayers. And uh, you've seen how quick this deal of the veterans having to pay that money back with interest got turned around because the American people rised up and said, hey, you're not doing that. And it got squashed really quick. I've never seen anything happen so quick in the BA as I have was, on this this thing. That was Ted Cruz, Gerald. Well, yes, there was some uh, uh, <laughs> legislators involved with that, and finally they got enough guts to stand up and 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 say, "Look, that." You can't do this. It's not right. Uh, you, think you know, if that had been going on for all the time, the BA wouldn't be in the doggone mess it's in. Uh, just the people in the right places that have some authority stand up and say, we're not going to have it. You're going to do the right thing. And... And this is not it. Uh, yes, there were some people did wrong. One person went to prison that I know of, and I understand that there's uh, likely some uh, litigations going on against uh, some uh, uh, recruiters, someone working in the recruiting office. I don't have all the details, but uh, so... The ones that was behind this sh- shenanigan are, uh, in one way or the other, uh, they're facing the music now. They're they're going to have to pay up, or or uh, or well, they're going to get their day in court as well they should. And let's hope justice is done. If we're guilty of wrongdoing, then uh, it sounds like it was uh, a gigantic conspiracy of some sort. Well, now that that's, uh, that seems to have taken a turn for the better and is uh, 
going to be corrected. I'd like to to take this uh, the subject matter of this show in a little bit different direction. Well, just head right on off there, James. We'll follow you. If you'll notice here lately in the last couple of weeks, I've taken a lot of interest in the habit form. Been doing a lot of posting. Uh, that's due to my getting a CPAP machine and not sitting asleep all day in my recliner. It just amazes me. I should have had this thing a long time ago, but under the Veterans Choice Program, it took me more than two years to get the sleep study done. Uh, then I ran into problems getting the CPAP machine paid for, but now that I've got that CPAP machine, I'm able to stay away and, and do a little posting. And it amazes me that veterans find it so hard to get an IME or an IME IMO. Uh, these things come easy for me, uh, and I would like to get it across as to how you do that without breaking the piggy bank. Uh, I know a lot of people rely heavily on Dr. Bash and, and other IMO writers like Dr. Bash, but all veterans doesn't have that kind of money to front uh, medical exams or medical opinions. And it's just so easy to get those things. Um, I've been at this a long time, and I have never paid over $15 copay for Medicare or $30 for a specialist for IME or an IMO. Usually the same copay will get you both. It'll get your exam and it'll get your letter. You just got to know how to ask doctors for these things. Uh, the very worst thing you can do is go in and see a doctor and try to mislead a doctor. You have got to be up front. I need a letter. You know, if you can concur after the examination, uh, can you write me a letter? You have to tell the examiner why you need the letter first. Carry some records with you, uh, DD-214, any other pertinent record. Uh, I'd say a maximum of five sheets of paper. You can't bore a doctor to death. But if you can, if you can... Talk to a doctor if you if you do have Medicare, Medicaid, any any provision to pay for this exam, good. It'll cost you a copay. If not, it doesn't hurt to call a doctor's office, tell them you need the letter, tell them you want an examination, and ask what it'll cost. You can go doctor shopping and price, you know, pre-price before the appointment. And in this area, I'm in Tennessee, you can expect to pay 85 to to $100 for an examination, and including the letter. Well, that's not bad. That's pretty reasonable. Um, the more you're in the, in the VA claim system, you, you, the more you learn it's a war of letters. Who, who can come up with the most letters? Uh, conforming letters. They have to conform to to uh, VA specifications. Um, and that you have to explain to a doctor. And the best way to explain that to a doctor, several years ago, I had so many calls and so many veterans wanting to know what a nexus letter consisted of, if they even knew about a nexus letter. So I sat down and I posted on our United States Veterans Alliance website uh, an example of a nexus letter and a letter to the doctor telling the doctor why we needed those nexus letters. And that's available at usva.org and then click on the nexus letter. It'll print off two copies, take it to your doctor, give it to your doctor. Then, in their leisure, they can do your letter after an examination or a request for the letter. Well, that's good. You know, and a lot of doctors will take Medicare. 
and so he only stuck with a copay, and uh, to where I went all the way to Wichita Falls, Texas, and my whole the whole cost of my my letter from Doctor Bartell was uh, this was traveling expense and motel and the whole bit was around three hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, so it's got but to he get took, down into the affordable range. Yeah, and uh, you know that's quite a trip from Joplin uh, was for me anyway. And uh, uh, we spent the night there, and the next morning got up, went over, and spent uh, almost all day there at Dr. Bartell's office. He's got a regular clinic, and he done MRIs, and he done these deals where they stick you with all these needles and and some deal registering, I guess, where you got a current between your hip and your uh, foot or, you know, heck, they stick them all over you and then they, uh, I even think an MRI on me, but, uh, or a CAT scan one the other. Anyway, he told me I'd had some mini strokes. That showed up in a brain scan. But uh, when I won my Agent Orange claim, at the time they made the decision, I had 13 Nexus letters before the board, and I still had Nexus letters that I hadn't even turned in yet. Uh, and that's that's what won my claim. And most of those Nexus letters. I don't think I had any that were over one page long. Some of them yeah. were just one paragraph, uh, but they were to the point. They said after a review of the veterans' records, those records that they were talking about could have been as little as my DD-214. Yeah. Uh, some, some, something uh, uh, from the DOD that said Agent Orange was used at Fort Gordon back then. Uh, just minimal records. That's all required after a view of the pertinent records. Uh, it's my professional opinion that Mr. Cripps' uh, chloracne was caused by his exposure to Agent Orange in the military in the years 1969 and, and 1970 and give a short uh, reason as to why he believes this. And doctors know how to do that. You have to let the doctor do that part. Uh, They can come up with a rationale. Well, you have to have those nexus letters. And, uh, you know, if you can find a doctor, usually a lot of these comp doctors, you can go to them and, and they'll... They will accommodate you. Say, look, I need a letter, uh, nexus letter, or uh, you know, uh, like you say, a lot of them not going to charge you over a hundred or so. We give you an examination there in your own local town. Um, we know within our organization who the doctors are that don't mind writing letters. And we may we may send you a hundred miles away, uh, but you're going to get a properly written letter. You're dealing with it with a doctor uh, that we deal with all the time, uh, and he doesn't mind picking up the extra cash and, and writing the letters if you can give them. Uh, I just asked for one from a VA doctor. Yeah. Uh, now he he is my diabetic doctor. Uh, he, uh, but I just told him, I said, I found a court case where sleep apnea was granted secondary to heart disease. I said, and this this doctor wrote a, a wonderful letter for this veteran. And I said, I'm fixing to file on my sleep apnea, and 
if I could get them, if you could read that and occur with that, I could win my case. And he, he said, bring it in. Let me look at it. Be glad to take a look at it. So yesterday I carried it, dropped it off by his nurse. I don't doubt that I won't get a well-written letter. I also copied off the, the example of the Nexus letter and the reason for that and put it in the same envelope off the website. Uh, and a short letter from me reminding him of what I was asking. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, the man was very agreeable, and I think a lot of that was because I just came out and asked for what I wanted. Um, and, and that's something hard for a veteran to do. Most veterans want to him all around uh and not ask the direct question, they're just too meek, especially if they've been beaten down and fighting this, uh, a claim for two or three years. But you got to man up, you got to look that doctor right in the eye, and you got to tell him exactly what you want and why you need it. And if you do that, you'll find a lot of them accommodate. If they're not, yeah. move on. He ain't the only doctor. And then... A lot of veterans look over overlook a, a great opportunity in an in an environmental exam, an Agent Orange exam, or the burn pit exam. Or uh, you can get those exams for free. They're they're really comprehensive. They cover you from head to toe. It's done by the environmentalist in in the the environmental clinician in the hospital. So the VA is going to take his word for it. He's their guy. He's their expert. But while you've got that environmentalist pinned down in that examination, it's a good opportunity to ask him anything you want to ask. And they write letters. I've, I've gotten letters from, from environmental doctors. If you've already had an Agent Orange exam or environmental examination, that's for another one. You can help, too. You can have three if you think you need it and your situation has changed. Another thing that people overlook and underutilize is scientific evidence. If you can find a Ph.D., if you can find a college professor, uh, any of those guys work. Their education uh, and experience will hold up this probative evidence in your claim. Uh, I tell most college professors will take time with a veteran and and write a letter. I know uh, one of my strongest letters, I was sitting 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, and I hadn't gotten a piece of new evidence in in months. I was just out. And uh, I got to thinking, I'm going to find out who the top, the five top professors, environmental professors are across the United States, I'm going to email them. And I did that. I got two wonderful letters. I got one from the CDC off of that. And um, another one from Dr. Schechner, uh, University of Texas, and he is the he is the Agent Orange guru in the continental United States and outside. Uh, he, he He's a world-class specialist in, in Agent Orange exposure. But uh, you just got to, you know, use your head. Um, go after the letters. It's a war of letters. If you get the most letters and the most convincing letters, you're going to win your claim. The only way you can lose it is quit. Go ahead, Jerry. Yeah, it. Uh, you're right about that because I've, I've had environmental scientists uh, write letters for me and and the VA accepted them readily, you know. They didn't give me any trouble over them. And uh, first of all, they didn't have anyone that could uh, uh, had better credentials. <laughs> sure. You know, if he's got a Ph.D. after his name, they can go. Yeah. Uh and uh, all that comes into play. It don't necessarily, everybody's looking at medical doctors, but you're right. You do not uh, all, I mean, have, you need the IMO and IMEs, but 
Also, you need that support documents from uh, specialists in uh, certain particular fields. Uh, it might be Agent Orange or heart disease or diabetes or whatever it is. And uh, uh, you need uh, uh, from uh, specialists in those fields. Uh, they don't have to necessarily be a medical doctor. If, if you're looking for something for smoke inhalation, go to the fire chief. He's an expert in that field. You know, people overlook those those opportunities to find those specialists. Um, I had one from, from the present-day Fort Gordon game warden. He's an expert in his field. I had one from the Fort Gordon forester. He is an expert in his field. I had one from the adjutant general at Fort Gordon, another expert in her field. Um, gosh, those, those things are just so easy to get, and veterans just complicate it so much and think you have to have a pocket full of money to go after them. Um, if everybody had that kind of money, you know, they wouldn't need an IME. They wouldn't need one their claim. But when I won my claim, man, I was broke. I, they they were garnishing my Social Security disability check for medication co-payments that I couldn't afford. I didn't have the money. I had to scrape together 15 bucks for a copay. Yeah, I know that story. I think, they a, little Go I ahead, think a little bit of luck. I think you got to have a little bit of luck, too, don't you, James? Well... Some of that comes from above. You got to give the man upstairs credit, but you you know you create luck. Yeah. Some luck will befall you um, in the situation where the, I was standing in line at the snack bar at Fort Gordon, and the guy asked me if it why I was on business or pleasure. He saw my veterans cap, and we talked along, and I told him what I was there for and what I needed, and when we got to the end of the line to the cash register, he said, when you get finished eating, go upstairs, let those stairs right there through that door, and the lady will have what you need. I said, and who are you? And he turned around, and he said, I'm the post-commandant. So I went up the stairs, and I asked the lady for the... For the uh, Records and she said yes, sir. She said I'll have those in the morning. If you can stop at 0800, I'll have those ready for you. And I could see him sitting in there by in his desk. I said, when you get that typed up, will you get that guy in there to sign it? She said, Why? I'm the adjutant general. Uh, you know, the luck was the luck was that there wasn't anybody standing in line between me and that guy. Or that conversation never would have taken place. Uh, Him getting in line behind you at lunch is with with, with yeah, God yeah. working with everybody. Well, I got in line but behind you know, him. Now, the big thing about your claim was, if I remember correctly, did, did you not return to one of those sheds that you used to use when you got your cans yeah. out? Did you still have a key and open that door and there it was? Yeah, I, I ran into the forester, and that was another piece of luck. I was at the forester's office the day before, and nobody was there. The building was locked up. Um, there was a spray trailer sitting inside of the fence, and to get a good picture of it, I already figured I could climb a tree, go over that Constantina wire, and drop down inside and get a picture of that trailer and its serial number. I just hadn't figured out how I was going to get out of there yet. <laughs> but the next day when I drove up, that forester was getting in his truck to leave, and nobody else was in the office. And I told him why I was there. I told him who I was. Uh, I said, my office used to be across the street over there. And he said, you know, Mr. Cripps, uh, I remember the one-armed sergeant you were talking about was your boss. He said, I do know it was your job to have sprayed those herbicides. Um uh, and I just happened to have a clipboard in my hand that I had a 4138 support. It's a statement in support of veterans' claims. I said, will you write me a statement? He said, sure. Now, this is he was a farmer. 
you can picture him standing there at the hood of his truck, licking the licking the lead on his pencil and printing out on a forty-one thirty-eight what he knew. And when he got finished, he handed me that back, signed it, handed back, and he said, "You know, in the mid '80s, I discovered that stash of herbicides that you're talking about in a building on on a forestry shed on Little Smoke Lake." And I said, yeah. He said, I cut the lock off of it. I said, it had a railroad lock on it. He said, it did indeed. And I said, yeah, I've still got the key to it. Of course, it did me no good. He didn't still have the lock. But um, I was able to describe everything that was in that building, uh, starting on wall number one at the door and going around the building. Uh, There was no doubt. in his mind that I knew what I was talking about. He wrote me the statement. I talked to the present-day game warden down there. He wrote me a statement. And that's another thing. uh, When when you're fighting a veteran's claim and you're looking for evidence, always be looking for evidence. Have a clipboard in your back seat with about 10 4138s on it. Uh, That way, when they write that letter, it already contains the clause uh, that I know these facts to be true uh, as the VA requires. But I always had a stack of 4138s on a, on a clipboard. They came in mighty handy. When you write your statement to the VA, and I always do this, when you turn in a claim, write your contention down on a 4138, just exactly like you would like that writer to see it. What happened, when it happened, how it happened, um, sign it. And then go down and see your pastor. Take him a 4138 and get him to write on there. He knows you to be an honest man. He's known you for many years. He's been your pastor for X amount of years. When you get finished with that, go down to your mayor. Get him to do the same thing if you know him. If not, use a judge. Use use somebody, some important person to back that up. And I like to attach three of them to a 4138. That, um, it, 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 it's, when, if it goes to the board or if it goes to a writer... It's their job to distinguish whether or not your credit, your statement is creditable. That's their job. If you're backed up by three prominent people saying the same thing and saying that you're an honest man, it's awful hard for them to pitch that out and say this man's not creditable. Um, you got to use your head and your evidence. It takes evidence to win the claim in every case. The biggest total was proving that you actually used it and that it actually existed, right? That was your, that was your I biggest hurdle, you. right? Or the, I didn't hear you. Your biggest hurdle was, 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 I guess, the actual fact that you actually were exposed to it and you actually used it. I guess that was the biggest hurdle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, was, there, there was just no doubt. Uh, you know, I had the disease of chloracne, and it had been diagnosed many times as chloracne. But it didn't really have to be. It, uh, I think uh, the CFR says acne form disease, poor uh, acne or disease, uh, some type of acne form disease similar to. Uh, the only way you can get chloracne is dioxin exposure, period. That's it. You know, no other way. They couldn't overlook that. Uh, their environmental clinicians called it chloracne. They're experts. Uh, it wasn't on my uh, physical when I joined the Army, but it was sure on there when I exited the Army. You know, that showed it, it occurred in service. Now, under a presumption of exposure to Agent Orange, I couldn't have won chloragne because it has to manifest within one year. Uh, but under direct exposure... Those rules don't apply. Then you fall back on 303B uh, in the 38 CFR, which says at any time after service, no matter how remote. Now, that's a hard one to get by. 
They like hiding behind that one, James. Come back again. The reason the office loves to hide behind that regulation. Yeah. Um, they love. You know, they never, they never gave me a compensation pension exam. I went to the board with no compensation pension exam. But my medical nexus letter, yeah, my, my medical nexus letters were so strong, and so many of them, they didn't need a CNP exam to grant my claim. Um, I bet that chaps the RO. It, well, it chapped them so bad uh, when it was returned to the RO from the board uh, as a partial grant, and they were instructed to give me CNP exams for the things that weren't granted and go ahead and pay me for the things that were, they sat on it six mm-hmm. months and sent it back to the AMC without taking any action. Uh, I had to get paid from the AMC, and those C&P exams were ordered from the, from the uh, AMC. Uh, yeah, we know about the AMC. You're lucky you got paid at all. That's the black hole. How many times... How many they times they got they a well oiled they got a well oiled front door at the AMC, but man, them hinges are stuck on the back door. It's hard to get out of there. <laughs> we know that we How girl. many times did you have to go to the AMC, James? Just, just well, it went it went to the AMC from the RO, and they sent it to the board, and then the board sent it back to the regional office. And the regional office had taken no action, sent it back to the AMC. And it got short-stopped at the AMC because no action, the the regional office didn't comply with the board's demands. So the AMC took that job upon themselves to pay me and order those C&P exams for me. The bias in Nashville, Tennessee, was so great against my claim uh, it, nothing was going to get done for me. Man, I'd done put them on the news and in newspapers, and, and uh, I smeared them pretty good. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the only reason I ended up at the board so quick is, is uh, the director, the, the service center manager of Nashville, called Steve Jones the American Legion service officer who was helping me, and said, how can we get this SOB's claim out of here? I'm tired of hearing about him. And Steve said, if you want to get that SOB's claim out of here, just send him to the board. That'll get him out of here. (laughs) And it worked. That's what they did. That's still, you know, that's kind of uh, not doing the job that it was. Uh, you know, that, that's part of the problem in the system right now. You got a veteran that's got enough gumption to get out and actually hit the ground and start finding stuff out about his claim and actually return to the return to the scene of the crime, as we say, and find all this information out. Fortunately, there was still some stuff there, and, and the veteran had some good contacts and had a little luck on the side, and he got the right information and it helped him win the claim. Uh, a little bit different than, say, part of the Shadow 112 claim because uh, his veterans get tossed back and forth between the BVA and the AMC at least five times or more. Is that about five times now, Joe? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been to the AMC two or three times to the Nashville Resource Center, I think, once, and then up to the courts, then back down. Then... uh, my last go-around was down at the regional office, uh, and they did a supplemental statement of case. Uh, evidently, they don't want to read what what you give them. So I don't know where it's going now. Uh, well, I like your coach, James. You've got a good coach. <laughs> I like your approach, James. You've got a good common sense approach to this and uh, uh, keep it up, man. That's a good thing. Yeah, you, you just got to get tenacious with these things. 
You know, when, when you hit a roadblock, you just go through it. You don't stop. Um, first, you got to get mad. No, then I had to learn to fight. I, I had never been in a fight like this before. I had to learn that. Um, I had to learn to stand up to people. I had to learn to tell people what I thought of them. Uh, down at the regional office, uh, the assist the uh, assistant state. Uh, oh gosh, what do you call it? Uh, he he was second in command in the state for Veterans Affairs. Was sitting in his office one day, and I personally knew his secretary. She lived not far from me. And there was an election coming up, and the Channel 4 News boom truck, they sent a guy up with a camera in that boom truck. And she said when that assistant director saw that boom truck come up even with his window, he throwed his pencil down and said, what is that damn Crips up to now? And said, he took off out that door. Well, I didn't have nothing to do with that. <laughs> but uh, they thought, sure, I was pulling something else. Well, I've been there and done that. <laughs> uh, you, you just have to learn to do those things, Gerald. Well, I know you do. And... Uh, Sometimes they get mad at you, and sometimes they'll do something. Well, Doesn't I got, matter which well, way. My brother owns a 1932 Chevrolet fire engine, and we put that in the Veterans Day Parade. Now, I had just won my claim, but I hadn't got paid yet. And I had my wife make me an Agent Orange suit. I looked like the Grand Wizard in orange. Uh, <laughs> And I told my my brother, I said, well, you could even with that bandstand in front of those judges, I said, you stop this fire engine. You don't move it until I tell you to. So when he did that, I stood up a big mailbox, and I had my daughter in there. She was dressed up in a soldier's uniform. And she pranced over. I was dressed up like Agent Orange, and she pranced over there, and she opened that mailbox, and she, she got a big brown envelope out of it. Said decision. She held that up where everybody could see her decision, and she opened it. And then she got a disappointed look on on her, and she hit at me, and I had an orange baseball bat. I just cracked her that good with that baseball bat. And I reached in that mailbox, and I pulled out another envelope, and I showed it around. It said bonus. And I reached in there, and I got me a handful of that play money and threw it up in the air. <laughs> And I told my brother, I said, now you can drive on. <laughs> Bonus. <laughs> that, that was the reason they sat on my claim six months and sent him back to the AMC with nothing and uh, no action being taken. <laughs> but it was worth every minute of it. I got one better for you, James. <laughs> We've got a gentleman I've got an associate. I'm not going to say your name. That he's fighting his claim and he was mad. This is a Texas all road. He sent him a letter, and he told he he asked him how stupid they were, and told him how stupid they were. Uh, you know, you 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 just wonder sometimes where do they get these people? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's some folks. Uh, we've got a DFO comes on, and uh, they're going after some of these guys. Some of these agents have to come going after some of these people because you've got some people that just flat out deniers who manipulate and things like that and do it on purpose. And they're calling them on the carpet now. So some of them probably get in trouble. And uh, we'll see what happens later on. But uh, there's an avenue. Which is, I'm glad to see that happening. Uh, that needs yeah. to happen more because uh, some of these VSOs, I don't know if they get too lazy or if they just get burned out or what. But uh, some well, of them, especially well, some of the raiders, my lands, uh, the way they do some of these claims, a poor veteran ain't got a chance. And then once you get rid of that raider and you find out things start going a little smoother, then you realize that you've had a problem with an yep. individual. 
not not to yep. climb as yep. much as with an individual. Well, some of these VSOs, some especially county VSOs, they don't have that job because they know what they're doing. They have that job because they nobody and they know somebody in the county government. They're they're uh, brother law system. Yeah, yeah. yeah but now I know I don't get how they pass their test. You know they got to go before the OGC and and, and get uh, get the okay and then call the regional office and then set up their test and go take their test. And some of them can't yeah, even it's national. National. Yeah, it's how did how did they get not national? Okay, now oh. they're not national. Say they work for the say they work for the Legion or for DAV. And they work at the, the maybe the Legion Post or the DAD Post. You know they don't have to be certified to be a post level DSO to get to the state right. level and yeah. higher. You have to be certified. But now they can only give advice up until the point that the veteran decides he's going to file a claim. Then they, there's by law, they're supposed to back off and not say another word. I'm yeah. going for accreditation right now. Because of that, I have ticked off our local VSOs, uh, and they're going to they're going to shut down my workshop if they can. But I'm going to try to beat them. I've I've already applied for my accreditation, uh, and it, it'll come about. Uh, but they're not going to stop me doing what I'm doing. Yes, an independent agent. Yes. Well, you get the keys to the truck and you get that, buddy. I tell you right now, you know the whole world is going to open up for you. What happens? You know, I just want to continue doing what I'm doing now without working in a gray area where somebody can shut me down. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't need to make any money. Don't want to make any money. Uh, don't want a job, but I want to continue helping veterans. Um, and to legally do that, I'm going to have to get accreditation. Yep. And that's that's not just got his, yeah. and well, uh, he seems to be doing really well with his accreditation. He, well, Ray Cobb, Ray Cobb, Ray Cobb, I help win his claim with uh, Fort McClellan. Uh, yeah. He's also signed up to take the test. Uh, Good. So what are you going to take the test at? I'll take it at the regional office in Nashville. Okay. You send in your application to the OO, Office of General Counsel, ODC, yeah. and you send them three references, and they mail out a letter to those three References. I have Ray Cobbs laying right here in front of me. I got right him a letter that he's an honest man. How long I've known him, um, a little bit about him, and if all three of those references come back uh, positive, then they mail you a letter and tell you to arrange the test at your regional office. So you call the regional office, and the next test that they have, you're invited, and it's free. If you make a seventy-five percent on that test. They mail the results back to the OGC. If you've got a score of 75 or better on that test, then they mail you a letter and you can start immediately. Not a big yep. deal. I think there's 25 questions, true or false, uh, or multiple choice, and then you've got three uh, questions that are asked um, about ethics that you have to write out in longhand. But so. Uh, I don't think there's nothing I could do. Uh, no, you I'm having to brush, on okay. some, brush up on some of the later forms. And, uh, yeah. Now, is this you know, a state test or is this for national? It's federal. It's federal. It's federal. Yeah. He can, he can practice all this BVA. And then you, get, you go back and get another certification, you practice the court, can't you, James? Uh, yeah, you can go all the way to the court. Yeah. Let me ask you a question, James. Uh, You've been doing this for a long yeah. time, right? Have you yes. ever had have you ever have you ever had a veteran service officer, whether it be from the DAB, American Legion, or other group, tell you you need to go get an IMO? No. 
All Not right. even when you're denied your claim. The case, the uh, hands are tied. You know, most claims are lost because of, of, of the lack of a nexus letter, which is well, the same yeah. thing as an IMO. That's right. But when you go complain to your service officer, he may or may not uh, tell you to appeal. He should tell you to appeal every time, but they don't. Uh, and tell you what you were lacking. Uh, the VA should, you know, come around and tell you. You lost your case because you didn't have an access letter. Uh, you appeal the claim, you still don't have an access letter. They're not required by law to tell you anything, and believe me, they don't. I don't have to tell you that. That's because they base their denials on the assumption that you agree with them. That's why they don't tell you nothing. Yeah, and, and that's why that's why I kind of wanted to grab this program tonight by the nose and turn it around and head it into the Nexus letter and the IMO and the IME and that they are available and you can get them and they don't really have to be from a professional, can be from anybody with the experience or the education to write such a letter. Like I say, the local right. fireman. If 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 he's if it's due, I've got one guy that that uh, he put he worked at, a, at an airfield in Da Nang and, and it was his job to put out fires. Well, his nexus letter consisted of something from our local fire chief as to smoke inhalation, uh, chemical burning. Uh, you know, uh, it doesn't have to be a doctor. You can't, you can't get the mailman. You can't get the mailman to give you one, but you can sure get the police chief or fire chief or uh, just somebody that that's experienced or educated in that field. Yep. Uh, look at the example. These are best workers and people getting best exposed on these ships. Yeah. Uh, you got a person that's worked in the Navy taking out of death and been to school, that's your nexus. And your nexus, I just read on, on the Hattie forum and, and commented on one. You can see it. It's up close to the top. The guy turned in a, a IMO. He paid, I think, $1,500 for it, and it was 47 pages long. Well, gosh, I was interested in his claim, but I couldn't go through that. I got about halfway through it, and I had to say, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> I've read enough. It's uh, 47 pages. 47 pages. Uh, you can't do that. A writer's not going to read that. You know, that'll cause a writer to lie. That'll cause a writer to lie. They'll say, yeah, I read his, his, all of his, his uh, folder. Uh, rather than have to sit down and read it. <laughs> a couple of pages is all you need. You don't need anything bigger than that. Yeah, half a page to the point. Yeah. Um, yeah, after, after a review of the pertinent records, and this is very, very, very important, you can't say, a doctor can't say, after speaking with James Cripps, it's my opinion, you know, there's got to be a review of a record. That's oh. right. That's right. Yeah, you can't use your history. It's it's got yeah, to know. be after a review of the records, and then you, you can get it just perfect. You know how they see and the examiner state this, this, and this, and they keep saying the veteran states this, the veteran states this, the veteran states this. Yeah, you can't use you that history. The record states this. Yeah, it's a, you can't use the history. Now, uh, any medical exam, they, uh, they any medical on me exam was uh, the doctor that wrote the IMO did not review the complete claims folder. Instead well, of now that, would have to be a C and P. Well, here's the deal, though. The claims folder wasn't complete to begin with. It took us six months to get the damn claim folder complete. Yeah, if so therefore, man. It, it was not available to him. And I said, what medical records was available 
the doctor read and went over. And that's what he commented on. He looked at all the the pertinent uh, information and wrote the IMO. Uh, I said, how's he going to be able to read the claims folder because you don't send it out to independent doctors. They'll send it to a a, uh, CMP examiner, but they won't send it out to your doctor. Well, do you know why they did that to you, Daryl? Well, yeah. <laughs> they they just figured out that a man that rides down the road in his pickup truck with a toilet paper roll attached to his dash ain't gonna do nothing about it anyway. <laughs> well, <laughs> they figured wrong on me. <laughs> but uh, but that's how you they know that's available. That's available in adaptive equipment, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I did get some good adaptive equipment. They gave me some some new socks that were dry rotted, compression <laughs> socks. That sounds about right. <laughs> they had to hold them back a long time. Now, well, now they gave they gave me shoes one day, and that shocked me that they gave me shoes. They sent me to the podiatrist to give me shoes. Yeah. And he sent me across, he sent me across the hall after he fitted me for shoes to get socks. Well, they gave me those stretch socks that you have to stand on your head to get them things on that come up to your knees. Yeah, that's what I got. And I wore those things. They gave me three pair, and they said, "Be sure and wear them." Uh, and. Two three years later, I got to looking in my record, and the reason they issued those shots, those socks to me was because of my varicose veins that were caused during my pregnancy. Yeah. Man, I took them socks off and threw them, and I went down there with that paperwork, <laughs> and I made them change the record. I knew I got screwed in the military, but I didn't know I got pregnant in the military. Hey, but yeah, now that, is, that is the truth. That is the truth. <laughs> Let me ask you a question real quick. Now, you've got heart disease, right? I do, yeah. Now, is your veins in your legs, are they popping out? No, but there's being, and in, in, I've lost the use of my right leg, so the atri- atrophy is taking over, but no, no protruding veins. Yeah. Now, mine's been popping out for about seven or eight years. No doctor would tell me why. I got a new cardiologist a couple of, couple of years ago, and a couple months ago I went and seen her. And she noticed them, and she laid me back on the table, and she checked every one of them. And she raised my leg up over my head. I was laying back, and they went away. And she said, I need to check something. She said, I've got your veins have got valves in them for blood flow and directional flow. Yeah. And my valves and my veins are gone. That's what she told me. She said, I might need to start wearing compression stockings myself. If they raise my head, if they raise my leg above my head, I would go away too because I think I would go away. <laughs> oh, my. But, yeah, my, my skin is getting real, real thin. Um, if my leg itches, and that, go, that goes along with it, but if my leg itches, I've learned I better not scratch it because it'll start bleeding. Oh, uh, yeah. That's something. My skin is so thin. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah, probably could all three get together and sit down on a park bench and compare those notes all day long, and well, we'd find we find out we're could. all about the same shape. I got peeled skin from one end to the other. Yeah, I guess it's part of the process. I buy them butterfly things, you know, you put on your skin to keep it closed up. Yeah, yeah. Well, Gerald Butter, we got 20 seconds left. 20 seconds? What did this hour go? My God, we didn't even get started. I enjoyed it. James ain't even caught his second wind yet. Let's do well, a follow-up show next week, and we'll uh, we'll get him back on. 
You got time. Well, you want to? Let's do. This yeah. is a good show and good information, too, by the way. Yeah, when you get ready, yeah. Gerald, just give me a call. You got my number. All right. Can I call you, Clack? Sure. <laughs> okay. Sure. <laughs> I'll collect all. Just put it in the phone line. I'll collect all you sent. I'll send it in the brown folder. <laughs> I've dropped a many a quarter talking to my wife from somewhere overseas. Oh well. Um, okay, folks. This will be Gerald Cook with Jay Basser and. James Scripps will be signing off for now. I hope you enjoyed the show. If not, uh, tune in next week. Maybe you'll enjoy that show. Uh, Anyway, everyone have a good evening. Safe weekend. You've been listening to the HadIt.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by HadIt.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and enough the opinions of HadIt.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of HadIt.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Bachelor Show. <laughs>